You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome to the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Let's talk to my good buddy, longtime NFL player, E from Salam, NFL analyst. E, good morning, dude. What's up? Good morning. What's happening? Living that dream. Let me ask you, uh, let me ask you a question. I know it's kind of old news, but I, I, I'm really curious about your take. What did you make when the news came down that, that Jeff Saturday had gotten that, that interim head coaching job with no coaching experience beyond the high school level? Well, it, it, it was weird. Uh, you know, Jeff Saturday was a great player, a contemporary of mine, played when I played, played against each other uh, quite a bit, uh, fellow offensive linemen. So, on one, uh, you know, one half of me was like, man, that's a, that's a great opportunity. But the, the other half was, was based in reality in terms of, um, when you're talking about the hiring practices of African-American coaches in the NFL, this is what we're talking about, where there's no due process, there's no, you know, an all, another all-time great to play with Jeff Saturday is actually on the the um, Indianapolis coaching staff and Reggie Wayne, right? So you, 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 and I don't want to make it a black or white issue. It's It's more of a representation issue. When we talk about ownership and not having any African American owners, this is, you know, we we can see we continually see things happen where owners hire who they want to hire, right? They hire who they want to hire. They can call someone who's a high school coach who maybe have never has never shown interest in being a head of uh, NFL coach because you've offered him position jobs before and he's turned them down, and he's a TV personality. And you can call him on a Saturday and be like, "Hey, you want to come be the head coach?" Like, where is the due? Pro- what's the where's the due process? Yeah, it, it would where be so. Dis- who, you know, where the list of candidates who you know, uh, you know, black and and, and non-black, white, with uh, Hispanic, what will? It 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 literally, is, I, we can do what we want to do because it's our team. Yeah, and and, and to add to that, Ephraim, what's the point? in grinding as a assistant coach or not even to get to that job if they're just going to be handed out to people's friends. Yeah, so that's the that's the thing, right? So now all of the and you know, you know Bill Cowher came out and had some very harsh things to say because he had been on the other end of that grind and you know, he had probably one of the most secure jobs in and and that's offered in the NFL. Uh but it, it, it it's it's about you know I'll put it in terms of entertainment, right? I've worked on a project where they brought somebody in and they gave them a high title and they didn't have the bandwidth to deal with that high title. So they skipped seven, eight steps and they they they, they floundered and, 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 and spun out and people were like, well, well, well why? Well, because, because there's, there's levels to this. And then when you skip levels, now, Jeff Saturday won on Sunday. That's funny. Jeff Saturday won on Sunday. <laughs> it is funny. We but, talked about it on Monday. Yeah. But can, right, and we're, but can we continue that, you know, at a high level? Because it's not about winning a game. You know, and I, it, it, it's just there's a reason why you grind. Now, well, maybe that's not the case anymore. You know, you can really hire who you want to hire. So maybe it's. You know, maybe we have to look at all of our hiring practices and just be like, hey, go for what you know. I could call my cousin and have him come run the team. 
Ephraim Salam here on the show. E, let me get you into another controversy we're having here on the show. We have a pretty stark disagreement, and I have no idea where you're going to come down on this. Do you? What do you think of the notion that the NFL, every 7 or 10 or 12 years, should host a Super Bowl in a cold-weather venue that does not have a dome or a roof? Absolutely not. Come on, man! Absolutely not. Once? not. Green Bay? No. Lambo? No shot. You're from Chicago. Listen to me. <laughs> okay. The Super Bowl is not uh, just about the game. It's about the presentation. It's the biggest presentation we have in American sports. Okay? It, it, it's about the lead-up, and it starts two weeks out. What you don't want people doing is freezing not being able to get to the different events, the spectacle of what the Super Bowl is. It's about coming and having a good time uh, around the, the biggest game in, uh, in our country. I mean, dude, it was in Minneapolis a few years ago when it was, like, yeah. negative 80. Yeah, I was in, the like, the AFC Championship game in, in Minnesota, and it was awful. We played inside, <laughs> and it, it was just going from the hotel to the venue was awful. Imagine being there a whole week doing press and parties and all of these things and then playing outside. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants I, to do that. I do. I do. I want to see it. I don't really want to go to it. You're alone. You're the only person that wants to do that. <laughs> Ephraim Salam here on the show, not having my back. Somewhere Andrew Bogus is just smiling. Uh, interesting game tonight in a cold-weather venue where it's going to be a wind chill of 10 degrees. A Titans team, I love Mike Vrabel, a Titans team that, that can't score but but does win against a Packers team, E, with all the documented ups and downs of this season. Who, who do you like in this game? I don't know, man. I don't either. <laughs> I, I, it, the one thing I, this year it, uh, about the NFL is I don't know if it's parity, if it's lack of a continuity, I, lack of uh, – I, I, it just – it feels like – prognosticating these games every week is literally a flip of a coin, right? You, what we used to be able to bank on and bet on are the elites, right? You bet on the elite quarterback. You bet on the Bradys. You bet on the Rodgers. You bet on, uh, you know, the Mahomes and, and the Josh Allen. And, and that's a pretty safe bet. You can, you can do it. Now, we don't know who's showing up. Right? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is balling. Um, Daniel Jones. Who are these people? Uh, um, uh, Geno Smith. Geno Smith, yeah. Right? So now Ta- it's... Taylor Heineke. Heineke yeah, Heineke. Great. Yeah. Right? It's kind of throwing a wrench in, in how you evaluate competition and in, 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 in games because... You would always lean towards the elite quarterback, especially when you're when you're playing the spread. But now, I mean, we got two of the best quarterbacks ever played. They can't score no points. You from Salam here on the show. E along those lines, a quarterback who I know is talented that I have zero faith in. Maybe I'm wrong on this too. Is is um, Kirk Cousins? And I'm not sure what to make of the Vikings. They're actually underdogs at home against the Cowboys this weekend. In the long term. Looking at the NFC, and when we get to the playoffs, 
what is your level of belief and confidence the Vikings are elite consistently going forward? Well, look, man, if you want to change the narrative, you got to change the narrative yourself. We can't do it for you. And, you know, what Kirk Cousins is running up against is that whole notion of primetime games, big games, he disappears. Like He has to fight that until that's not a thing anymore. And he's in the process of doing that. No one expected him to win, to win that game last week, and they did. I mean, that was a great game. That was a fantastic game. Some of the best plays I've ever seen in my life in football happened in that in that uh, Minnesota Buffalo game. But they came out and they let you know, hey, we're a real team, and this is also a slap in the face. Being underdogs to the cow the Cowboys, right? The Cowboys didn't they just lose to Green Bay? So it, it, it's one of those things where. If you want to change your narrative, if you're tired of hearing things about yourself that you don't believe, this is the game to do it in. Being an underdog at home against a subpar team uh, record-wise and talent-wise, this is how you do that. Talking to you from Salam here on the show. E, Tua Vailoa, when he has played every minute of a game this year, is undefeated. Obviously, he had some injury issues, knocked out of some games, played in a game he shouldn't have, so on and so forth. But assuming he's healthy, which he is right now, what do you make of Tua and what do you make of the Dolphins? The thing I make about Tua is he's having fun again. If you watch him play, they had a little uh, clip of him and in, in, uh, Mike McD- uh, um him and uh, – uh, his coach talking on the sidelines, and it was about to play, uh, you know, in the red zone, and you could just see how much fun he's having after the the the, the pass. He was dancing, it, like the team loves him. These guys look all that stuff that uh, that that Tyreek Hill was was pumping yeah. and giving us in the off season, and we're like, come on now. Well, it, it's starting to ring true. It's yeah, right. He has the locker room, something he hasn't had in his entire career in the NFL until this year. He has the locker room and the confidence of his head coach. And you can tell, and for that reason, he is leading a team, and these guys will follow and fight for him. So that makes him a pretty dang good quarterback and a pretty darn good leader. He is our friend Ephraim Salam, who is right on everything he's ever said on the show other than the Super Bowl and cold weather venues. Just kidding, sort of. <laughs> he is always, buddy. Thanks for uh, – I love talking to you, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on. Well, of course, man. All right, be good, bud. Ephraim Salam on the show. He's right about one thing. I'm alone. I'm on my own on this one. All right, we got a, uh, we got a brand-new segment coming up which is pretty exciting. We're debuting that in about uh, 30 minutes, let's say. But before that, it is a buy or sell with the world's least social stranger, Tom DeCelestino. It's coming up next here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back into the show. How many, between you and Bogey, how many of the two of you do you think would call in sick if we actually did Writer Than You the musical on that day? Uh, definitely me. I have both hands raised right now, for sure. You, would co- yes. you would get the stew flu. Stew flu. I'll let we you know when it COVID. starts, when I'm not feeling well, and I'll let you know in advance when I will feel better. 
Bogey, would you call in sick or would you just get that singing going? I mean, it's too obvious. You can't call out sick the day of that. I mean, there's just no, it's obvious what you're doing. I'd probably just quit. Um, Got it. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> yeah. You're out. You're done. Here's my would resignation. You, would you be willing to lean into the irony of doing it in verse, of giving your two-week notice in verse? Uh, I would at least do oh. that. Yeah, that would be the trade. I tried to hit my microphone. It didn't work. I, yeah, uh, that I was – it like snapped. I think I broke the did. arm. It was your microphone rejecting your rejection of the musical. You're right. It was your it was your microphone saying, I need those lush sounds of bogus singing to, 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 to be broadcast through me to the world. America needs it. America does need it. You know what else America needs? Buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. Let's go. As week 11 gets underway oh, tonight. Oh, sorry, oh, I, sorry, I got one. I got one. I apologize. I didn't mean to jump on you. Uh, Bogus, we found out last hour that Diesel got a note a few days ago from his father about his father's 401k clearly intended for Diesel's mom. And Bogus should not let his father know. He sent the email to the wrong person. Buy or sell, that's okay. Uh, sell, of course. Sell. He's your dad. They'll figure it out. <laughs> He's your dad. My dad will say, hey, why didn't you respond to my 401k email? My mom will say, I never got a 401k email. And there we go. Problem solved. And then what if your dad goes, hey, son, I checked my sent folder. And I saw that I sent you and not mom an email. Why didn't you say something about it? Sorry, Dad. It must have gone to my spam. I never saw it. So now you're going to lie to your dad? Lie to your dad? Yeah, like a little white lie like that, a little fib. Why not? You know, I hope his next email is meant for you, and it tells you how you're no longer a recipient of said 401k. (laughs) You've been cut out of the will. I mean, come on, D-Cell. It's just an email. I, di- I mean, I didn't even, I, I don't really know what it pertained to about his 401k, but it couldn't have been that important. Can I ask myself a question I was going to ask Andrew, but I, I want to put you on the spot. Buy or sell, there's something wrong with D-Cell. Buy. 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 I'm glad you guys are really turning a corner and being nicer to me on the show. Today is not Bro. our fault. Bro. Yeah. This ain't not a- Come on now. All right, as week 11 gets underway tonight, let's take a look at the 2021 NFL quarterback draft class and how they've contributed to their team's success thus far. Bogish's guy, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones, is the only one with a winning record at 13-10. and 10. New York's Zach Wilson is 8-11, and 11, and while the number one pick from that draft, Trevor Lawrence, has struggled in Jacksonville, winning just 6 of 27 games, Justin Fields, your guy in Chicago, has won just 5 games, and Davis Mills in Houston has won just 16% of his games. Buy or sell, you're worried about the 2021 NFL QB draft class. Dude, you've been wanting to talk about this forever. Finally got it into buy or sell. He slipped it into buy. Buy, yeah, I think. Buy. Which of those quarterbacks are we the most confident of over the next five years? I mean, Bogus is going to say Mac Jones. He has to you know start. What? I stopped listening at that point. I don't even know what happened afterwards. I'm not. I'm not taking the bait here. I'm not buying into your game. You're now. I'm not helping you out and buy or sell. 
you know, your dad feels? Uh, I'm going to say I'm most confident in Trevor Lawrence. I think he's the most talented <laughs> Didn't one. Didn't see that coming. Out of the group, and I think they will eventually, while I don't think it's any time this season, going forward, I'm most confident in him. I'm gonna go, I might go Justin Fields all of a sudden. They're still not winning games, though. Yeah, but he has transformed himself into an impactful quarterback, and if he, ju- if he can eliminate those mistakes, I think he can be a guy who's really impressive. I'll ask you as the Bear fan, Bill, did they just realize, like, in season what Justin Fields is good at? Like, the year began, it was like, why doesn't Justin Fields do Justin Fields things? Now that's all he does is if they're like, oh, that's right, that's Justin Fields. He's on our team. I was trying to figure this out, and and, because it goes back to Matt Nagy, right, before he left, before he got fired. I wonder if it was a... Some sort of stupid interference from on high, from ownership or some... I don't... You're right. It doesn't make any sense. And not only that, there's been plenty of reporting on Chicago that Fields wanted to have the reins taken off and the ability to do these things. Right? He felt like he wasn't able to succeed. So I don't have a good answer. Other than some moron in the organization at a higher level than the coaching staff, because it's been two coaching staffs, said this is our philosophy to protect him. And then they woke up one day and realized the guy sucks if we don't let him play the way he's supposed to play. All right, the Dallas Cowboys signed a wide receiver yesterday, but his name is not Odell Beckham Jr. America's team, because I know how much you love that, signed Antonio Callaway to their practice squad yesterday. Callaway, last play. we got this in there. I mean, this last is play everybody's joke, Dolphins. too. You don't know where I'm going with this question. Callaway last played with the Dolphins in 2020 and was the former teammate of OBJ back in Cleveland. Buy or sell, you think Odell Beckham Jr. will sign with the Cowboys? What? What are you? What are you so annoyed about, Bogus? That was five cents about Antonio yeah, Callaway that had nothing to do with your question. It was three lines. The Cowboys signed a wide receiver yesterday. There's been plenty of talk that Jerry Jones wants OBJ. Do you think they're still going to sign OBJ? There's I mean, plenty I'm, of logic there. I mean, Andrew's just mad at you because you're a terrible person when it comes to communication, <laughs> and you betrayed your own father. Yeah, get over it. Exchange. Get over it. I won't uh, get over it. Just explaining the... But that was a bit of a long question. It was three and a half lines. You're the king of transitions. Don't you have to have things that can transition to put them together? Mm-hmm. Uh, sell. I don't think he'll play for the Cowboys. I'll just... I'll If you've him, if the Cowboys against the field, give me the field. Sell. All right, let's get to some hoops here. Despite Steph Curry's 50-burger last night, the Warriors lost to the Suns in Phoenix... 130 to 119. Golden State remains winless on the road this year. They're now 0 and 8. Clay Thompson is shooting career lows from the field and downtown, and Clay has only scored at least 20 points once this season. Buy or sell, Bill, that Clay Thompson is the key to the Warriors turning their season around. That's a that's a great question. Is he the key to the Warriors turning their season around? Great redemption. There was nothing wrong with my OBJ question. Then we rem- oh, dude, your OBJ, OBJ question was was, was um, an abomination. Um, but this is a great question. I, okay, so if he's one of a couple possible turnaround points, I can buy it, right? Buy. If he, buy. If he becomes the old Clay, offensively even, yes. They, I don't think they need everything to click. I just think they need a couple things to click. Something besides just Steph. Here are the three things they need, and they're somewhat connected. Okay, they need either Clay Thompson to be an offensive superpower again, right? 
or they need what is one of the worst defenses in the NBA to be somewhat like it was last year. Last year was the best defense in the NBA. It's more of a team effort, but Clay getting a little defensive help, you know, excellence back would help. Or they need the young guys, and Jordan Poole leads this, but not the only one. James Wiseman just got put in the G League to fill in some of the gaps and step up. One of those three, and I think the Warriors are a top four team, and you get in the playoffs with Steph Curry, and, and you have pretty good vibe, and you have a chance to win the whole thing. And what's the likelihood, you say, of one of those three things? Doesn't matter which one actually happening. So in this column I did the other day, I think the, the scout told me 60%. He thought everything would be fine because he thought if the Warriors make the playoffs, you have Steph Curry, the rotation shorten up. But they also have one of the best starting fives in the NBA and one of the worst benches. But a lot of that is because they have Steph Curry in their starting five. All right, let's stay in the NBA here. Last night's loss to the Bucks made it a five-game losing streak for the Cavs. And Cleveland head coach J.B. Bickerstaff was honest about his team after the game. I think, honestly, we've got kind of a fat cat mentality. Um, you know, we went out and won eight games in a row. Everybody was giving us love and praising us. Um, and we got really comfortable. You know, we are the team that won those eight games. So, right? We are a really good basketball team. Um, this is about maturation and growth. So what you have to do every single night to show up and win, you know, we're still learning that, unfortunately. Buy or sell J.B. Bickerstaff's assessment of his team. Buy 100%. I love it. Buy. This is a team with a lot of young players, a lot of young stars or potential stars. They have a new superstar and Donovan Mitchell who's been entered into the mix that takes some growing pains when things go badly you got to figure out how you work together I think they're going to be fine and I think their coach's evaluation is spot on it is a is about maturing and carrying the mantle of the expectations you're going to build from your excellent play when it goes well buy or sell JB Bickerstaff is sounding dangerously close to Doc Rivers I, I was wor- Get just a voice bye it was like bye Buy or sell, that's because he coaches in Cleveland and there's stuff going around and, and just you're in the Midwest and it's cold and you just get a little sick. Buy. Buy. Is Cleveland the Midwest? I said they're not the Midwest. They're not the Midwest. Do they? I, and do they accept Rust Belt? I think that would be fair. Okay. Do you sell your thoughts? Uh, I don't think they are the Midwest. Do you uh, know what state Cleveland's in? Uh, Ohio. Okay, I'll give do you, you know, Cincinnati. Name another city in Ohio. Uh, Akron. Ooh, Okay. Do you know what part of Ohio Cleveland is in? Uh, I'm going to say the Northeast. You, bye. You're just on it. Bye. Human kindness? No. Geography? Hell yes. yes. What EPL team, English Premier League team, calls its home Ohio? Oh, come on, man. You know I have no idea. You don't know which English soccer team plays in Ohio? What? What? This is easy, dude. It's the only... Which English Premier League team plays in Ohio? I can't tell if you guys are trying to trick me or not. Yeah, that's the problem. There's no English Premier League team in Ohio because Ohio is in America. And the English Premier League, as given away by its name, is in England League. Is English. Thank you guys for continually being nice to me on this show. I Buy really appreciate sell, it. your wife knows your refusal to give directions, talk to strangers, or generally respond to people like your father when he sends you an email accident. Bye. Really? What does she think of it? Uh, not a big fan of it. I told her that my dad <laughs> emailed me 
Um, and she said, are you going to call your mom or email your mom? And I said no. And she had a very confused look. This on doesn't her face. make any sense, dude. Zero. I'm watching a lot of House right now, the TV show House. What a good show. So good. I wonder if maybe you ate a bad piece of bread when you were 13 and some wire got crossed, and this can be cured with a cortisone shot or something. <laughs> Let's ask Olivia Wilde. It's a malfunction. Oh, I haven't gotten to that season yet. I started. Oh, early. you're really early. I started in season two. I'm like, I'm not going to do season one. Yeah. Okay. It's a really good show. Yes. I can't Notice think of the original the- female doctor's name. She, uh, um, I can't remember her name either, and I'm watching it, but she was then in this, the ABC show about fairy tales being real. Once Upon a Time, maybe? Okay, didn't see that, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Saw four episodes. Pretty good, I think. Better than Home Ec, Anomics? I gotta tell you, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I wasn't gonna bring it up. Mm-hmm. Home Economics is, is cute. It's a fun little show. It's the same show every episode. Like, I've seen... That is false. That is not wow, true. It's the same episode. Up. That is so not true. It's how many totally have, true. First off, how many have you seen? Like 11 of them, or 10. Every episode is the same. It's the same thing. It's like, let's do the exact same plot, but today let's do it at the rich guy's house. Today let's do it on apartment search. Today let's do it at the sushi restaurant. It's the same thing every episode. Yeah, but so is house. So, how dare you? I know, but it's a problem. Incorrect. Because sometimes it's a sociopath. Sometimes it's like people just die. Then you've got the backstory of House with his best friend, the oncologist, and the right. very attractive woman that runs the, 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 the hospital. But eventually Cutting. it's like, let's try these nine things at the last possible minute as a buzzer a beater bit. from House. They gotta mix it up a little bit where it's like, okay, we're 20 minutes in, they've cured the kid, clearly the kid's about to almost die because they did <laughs> how, it wrong. How great would it be there's an episode where they solve it in the first segment and the rest <laughs> of the show is them just like sitting around playing Yahtzee. <laughs> Like, just or, doing his correspondence. But solve it, and then, like, oh, that's... And then bring another patient in and be like, okay, here's another... Just so you right. didn't see it coming. Right. Or maybe this, you know, the solve came right away, but then you had to figure out exactly how it got to that point. So then you're doing, you're doing like, a reverse, you know, post-investigation. Ooh, I like that. The, like... The episode where the, where the ladies, it turns out she's trying to kill her husband is pretty great with the gold. Diesel, don't watch that one. Beats home economics. Yeah, I mean, this show is only, what, 12, 15 years old? Still holds up. Yeah, it really does. It, 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 I believe this show launched the last time you were kind to someone. I mean, it clearly holds up because you guys are giving it critiques that it needs to be changed. <laughs> Something went over my head. <laughs> you missed it. All right, let's get to some baseball sure. here. It was no surprise last night that Justin Verlander took home his third career Cy Young Award. But what you may not have known is that Verlander is now the only player to ever have won Rookie of the Year, MVP, have two World Series titles, and three Cy Young Award wins. Buy yourself that Justin Verlander is the most accomplished player of his generation. I mean, his generation stretches back a ways. Who would be in competition against him for that? I guess Pujols. Your boy Pujols. Player? Oh, yeah, player. Oh, sell. I thought you meant pitcher. Sell. Rookie of the year. MVP. Two World Series championships. Three Cy Young Award wins. It's a good question. Oh, thank you. I I appreciate that you approve of my question. Yeah, no, it's a a good one. Bogus, do you want to go a different route? I think Pujols would top it for me. I'm... 
partial position players. Kershaw, I believe, has three Cy Youngs. Does Kershaw, and does he does he have an MVP too? There was a year yes. where he he did win the double, right? Yes, he does. I think Kershaw, be, he's got one World Series. I think surpasses. I think he's a better. I think Kershaw's a better pitcher, historically speaking. But Verlander's older thing. too, so he's got more of everything just from a accounting right. standpoint right now. It is a really good question. Yeah. I mean, because you said accomplished, not excellent, right? That it, it, Pools got the, what, one World Series with the Cardinals? Uh, two. 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 But, I mean, I think I'm I think I'm close to saying Verlander's the best pitcher of his generation as well. I think I would give – it's a great question. I think I'd barely go Kershaw. I think that is the competition. Right, because, you know, Scherzer might need a look. DeGrom isn't done yet. Right. If DeGrom and wins a World Series, it becomes... DeGrom's stats are going to be nowhere near. Nowhere near. I mean, the yeah, guy's always... Enough. He's always hurt. Enough. Right. So he's never... Right. Verlander's going to win 200 games and have 4,000 strikeouts. Or 300 games and 4,000 strikeouts. And DeGrom's not going to sniff either one of Is those. Is he going to get to 300 wins? I don't, I don't think he's going to get to 300 uh, it was. That's what I was, was reading today I in think, the I think he's in the 240s right now. Yeah. I think it's... I mean, that's become statistically impossible, the way they manage arms now. Right. But so maybe what the sentence was, he's the last person who has a chance at it, as slim of a chance as it is. So 60 to go? Is that kind of where we're at? So he needs like... Oh, man. He's not getting 21 seasons. Four 15-win seasons? Yeah, 244 right now. 56, so 56 more. I mean, if he played five seasons and won 12 games a season, he'd get close. And he's talked about that he doesn't think he's anywhere near being done. And he's 39. Buy or sell the true love that he found with Kate Upton is part of the source of his uh, longevity. Buy. I hope it is. I believe love, it. Love conquers all, man. Other than in parenting with your kids ready back. All right, let's finish up. Last question here on College Hoops. Texas handed Gonzaga their worst loss since 2014 last night. The Longhorns took care of business in Austin, defeating the number two team in the country, 93-74. to By our cell, it's more impressive that Gonzaga hasn't lost by 19 points in nearly eight years than it is that number 11, Texas, beat them by 19. Bye. I think, it, yeah. Bye. Um, Bogus, buy or sell, you want me to be the pronunciation police here? Gonzaga, Gonzaga, every time, every time. You know what I actually, I hear bogus in my head as I'm about to say it, and it makes me say it wrong. And I was going to leave that one alone. You've you've taken enough bullets today, all deserved, but I didn't need to add that on top of it. What was deserved? That I'm not nice to people? Yes. We agree agree on football being played in the snow. And, then, and that was the end. That was our high point today. You gave me a couple compliments on some of my buy or sell questions. Yeah. You did Bogus, it like... I want you to know this is the guy you're standing with on your snow take. Listen, I can't... I Whose can't heart is colder than Green Bay in January? Support this support, okay? I can't be picky and choosy in certain uh, debates, and I'll take what I can get. Would you like to um, properly pronounce the basketball program? Yeah, it's Gonzaga. <laughs> I'm just saying they get annoyed when it's pronounced wrong. So I just, I wanted to. The easiest way to remember is that they're not the Zags. They're not the Zags. Yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah, Gonzaga. Blah, blah, blah. Just think New York. You guys say tournament all the time. Gonzaga. Tournament. Gonzaga. Tournament. Yeah. Gonzaga. Hell, you want a meatball sandwich? (laughs) Did I do it right? (laughs) Yes. Spot on. 
<laughs> Thank you, dear friend. We got a brand new segment. We're debuting it here on the show just after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Mr. Meatball Sandwich, Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back into the show, Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. Remember, this season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, Holiday Triple Headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, all sponsored by AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and can get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Tom, we got a new segment we're going to debut here in a second. You excited? Really excited for our audience to hear this one. You didn't want, you don't want me to give away the name. You don't want me to give away the theme. You want it to be uh, just a beautiful little surprise. Like under the Christmas tree, you open it up and you shake it. You don't know what it is. What's in there? That, that's, that's the approach you're after. Yes, that's, that's the way I would run this one. All right. All right, without further ado, then, it's time for our newest segment. Bill Ryder has the NBA takes you need to hear. This is Basket Bill. Oh, we're in Basket Bill. Number one target, first topic of our new recurring segment is Kevin Durant and his absolute abdication of any kind of cluelessness or leadership. If you missed it, he had an interview. And credit Chris Haynes, by the way, very candid interview where Kevin Durant talked about Steve Nash, his demand to be traded, his current teammates, the dilemma he faces and the expectations that come with being KD, and the argument on behalf of everything that has happened so far with Kevin Durant is, well, at least he's being honest. We have to respect that. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but... Tom DeCelestino, the executive producer of this show, was honest about the fact that he won't tell his father to get an email that he shouldn't have gotten, won't even write it back. I like the honesty, doesn't make it okay. KD, among the many things that he said, threw his teammates under the bus, pretended that he wanted to trade because he didn't like practice the way that it was done. Kevin Durant wants practice changed a certain way, wants more practices, or Steve Nash to get on him in a film session. I promise you, Steve Nash will choose to go that route rather than get fired. But here is the big one. Here is Kevin Durant reminding all of us that everything that he does, especially this interview, is an act of delusion and ego and an utter disregard for accountability. These things matter in any sport. Quarterbacks, it matters. Major League Baseball matters. But especially the NBA, where one player can severely and does severely impact not just the performance of a team, but the spirit and the performance of the lower-level guys who have to operate as best they can if that superstar is going to lead a team to any kind of success. Here is Kevin Durant disrespecting his teammates. Quote, remember, Kyrie Irving's out, suspension, anti-Semitic ugliness we've talked about, probably going to come back Sunday. So in the interim, and Ben Simmons has been, to say the least, lackluster. In the interim, Kevin Durant doesn't have a lot of superstar weapons around him. Here is Kevin Durant's approach to leadership. Quote, Look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there? So if you're watching from that lens, you're expecting us to play well because number seven is out there. The end. Here's what he's saying. All of those guys are a bunch of bums. And this is the problem that I've always had with Durant. I know he's a transcendent talent. 
I love watching him play. And, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic here when I say, as a scorer, right, just as, a, as an offensive weapon, he's one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA. He has peers, but I'm not sure that he has superiors when it comes to that part of basketball. And the ability and, and, and the functionality of a guy who's basically seven foot tall, who's got a handle and can shoot the rock, the guy's an amazing player. But Steph Curry's a better player among many other all-time greats, because leadership matters. Kevin Durant is about Kevin Durant. And it's always the folks who are the most thin-skinned about criticism. It's always the dudes with 12 or 20 million social media followers who create fake accounts with little eggs on them to criticize people that have nine followers for coming after them that are actually the ones who are the most petty toward other people. Why? Because they're in their own little self-absorbed universe. The guy that can't take an ounce of criticism is saying no disrespect intended, which always means disrespect is intended, but the guys that he plays with he considers to be a bunch of bums. It also explains why he's fine with Kyrie Irving doing whatever the hell Kyrie Irving does as long as he's on the floor because Durant can't lead. He needs other people around him. Durant's not good enough to bring out the best in other teammates, so he needs to disregard the ugliness in other players if they can hoop. That's the difference between him and Steph Curry. Steph Curry has spent a career lifting up other guys. And when things don't go well, which is the case right now in Golden State, is Steph Curry doing interviews saying Clay's washed and this is ridiculous? Is Steph doing interviews saying, man, this isn't on me, Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face, and that screwed everything up, I'm, they're wasting my time here? Is Steph Curry out there criticizing all of these young guys and absolutely degrading their confidence? No, because Steph Curry understands that leadership's part of the deal. And the crazy thing about this is in some part of... Kevin Durant's subconscious and some area where self-awareness barely flickers like a dying light. He knows because he says, quote, as if he could, you know, presage Basket Bill's debut. This is from the interview. Quote, I'm not a leader. What the F does that mean? Well, it means you give interviews like this one. But he goes on. A lot of people say I'm not a leader because I didn't tell Kyrie to get vaccinated. Come on. Or I didn't condemn Kyrie for leaving the team. Going out living his life. I'm not about to tell a grown-ass man what he can and can't do with his own life and dissect his views or how he thinks about bleep. No, but you'll talk about a bunch of other grown men who aren't as good as Kyrie and how they suck and you can't win with them. I don't dislike Kevin Durant as a person. Smart guy, interesting guy, won't pretend to have been around him in 12 years. It's been a long time. But from every account of every person who covers him day-to-day, really good dude. That's fine. I'm a pretty good dude. But I'm not good at certain things. Uh, I'm not good at math, I'm not good at dancing, and I shouldn't be your dentist or your surgeon. Kevin Durant might be nice away from the game of basketball, but he's so in his feelings within the realm of being a hoopster. He's living in such an ivory tower. His excellence on the court has so blinded him to his inability to be excellent in that locker room that this is why Kevin Durant has never and will never accomplish anything without an actual superstar who can do it in moments that matter. And I don't just mean on the floor next to it. Kevin Durant's never won anything without Steph Curry, and he's not going to. And this interview's an example. What an act of cluelessness. I didn't do anything wrong. I should have been able to demand a trade. I've won everything there is to win. I want to practice to be better. I have a bunch of bums playing around me. This is the issue with Kevin Durant. He doesn't get credit for being candid. He just shows us some insight into a guy who's never going to live up to his massive talent. And I'm not saying this is easy. Because he doesn't understand being a leader. Being a winner is about more than basketball. It's about taking your greatness the way that Steph Curry has done and Jordan his own way and even LeBron and using it to enhance the people around him. Problem is, 
Kevin Durant's not about anybody other than Kevin Durant. Basket Bill. So Basket Bill, huh, Diesel? Uh, your idea. You came up with the name. I threw it out there. You didn't love it at first, but it really grew on us. So, a little backstory. Our, our boss, Spike Eskin, would like, and I'm excited about this, us to do a daily or almost daily NBA segment. And we did a bunch of we did a bunch of uh, names for the segment. I'm not good at, at headlines or, or segment names, Tom. And Spike loved it. My wife loved it, and your wife loved it. My wife walks around the house wanting to record the the voicing for the image basket bill. I'm just walking to the fridge and she's screaming basket bill at me. We don't have a close. Do you want to see with Doug, who's the amazing guy who who did the imaging, who did a great job? If if we could put a little clothes on it with your wife being, that was Basket Bill. She'd Where's be all the about ketchup? it. She would be all about it. What, would she actually do it? Yeah, she really would. How's her voice for radio? Like, how would it translate? Uh, I don't know if it's deep enough, but we can try. Right. Basket Bill. Right. That... Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, look, I'm I want Mrs. D. Sale to feel invested in the show. I also want to get her contact info so I can just go straight to her for dirt on you. <laughs> don't we have enough of that already? Everybody wins. I just I want Kevin Durant to be successful, man. I, I I'm not I don't dislike the guy. Go read this and great reporting by Chris Haynes, by the way. Just go read this travesty of an interview. This is the epitome of a guy who thinks he's being wise, who thinks he can say whatever he wants, because he's not around people who tell him, hey man, that's probably like that's what we're trying to do for you, D Cell. Hey man, maybe you should write your dad back. That's the show. That's it. That's all of it. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Thank you to E from Salam. Thank you to Pretty Daddy Tom DeCelestino. Thank you to Andrew Bogus. I'm Bill Ryder. Appreciate you. We'll see you here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.